When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's everything you might have missed in Ms. Marvel Episode 5. Welcome back, you Marvel maniacs, to our weekly breakdown of Ms. Marvel. The penultimate episode of Season 1 time and again confirmed a major theory, introduced some shocking new developments, and raised some serious questions for the season finale. We're going to break it all down along with all the Easter eggs and details that you might have missed in just a moment. However, in order to do so, we need to spoil Ms. Marvel. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, leave now before it's too late. Touch me and I'll break your leg. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Just as episode 4 saw Kamala transported back in time through the powers of Aisha's bangle, we open on a sepia-colored version of the Marvel Studios intro, which then transitions into a historical newsreel that overviews the partition of India in 1947 and its chaotic aftermath. This event has loomed large over the series as part of the Khan family's cultural history, and it was also the source of many deep-seated generational wounds that are still healing to this day. From there, we head further back in time with Aisha in 1942 in the immediate aftermath of what we saw happen in the beginning of Episode 3. In that episode, the clandestines searched a Ten Rings temple and found one of the bangles they were looking for attached to a withered blue arm, maybe belonging to a Kree soldier. However, their search for the second bangle was rudely interrupted when British soldiers arrived on the scene. Aisha is already wearing the bangle in this scene, having just booked it from the temple, and she then kills the only credible witness to her escape, maybe explaining why it takes so long for Najma to track her down. More curious is the line from episode 3 about a mystery man telling the clandestines they would need to find two bangles. So is the other one still out there, or is it lost to the sands of time as well? Could the veil have been properly sealed without sacrifice if they had both bangles? Only time will tell, but that sounds like a season 2 problem to me, especially with just one episode to go. Moving on, this time the Ms. Marvel intro titles are all written in Urdu, including one that features the Red Daggers, and another that says, A Sloth Baby Production 1947, because Kamala's been at this YouTube game for a long, long time. Eventually, Aisha wanders into a village where she finds her future husband and Kamala's great-grandfather, Hassan, giving an impassioned speech about independence from British rule. When Hassan wakes Aisha in his garden, his clothing evokes the color scheme of Kamala's future Ms. Marvel costume. And later, Hassan quotes the Indian poet and philosopher Rumi with the phrase written on Kamala's bangle, What you seek is seeking you. As we see later in the episode, this powerful sentiment allows Aisha to seemingly summon Kamala in the future. But more on that in just a bit. We see Hassan and Aisha welcome their first child, Sana, Kamala's grandmother, who, as we've mentioned previously, is named for Marvel editor and Ms. Marvel co-creator Sana Aminat. Unfortunately, their peaceful life is relatively short-lived. Hassan and Aisha are routinely ostracized due to their Muslim faith in the wake of the partition, and Najma finally tracks Aisha down after she went rogue with the bangle for five years straight. This is the betrayal to which Najma alluded in previous episodes. Aisha doesn't want to return to the Nord dimension, and she definitely doesn't want to tear open a rift in reality like Najma and the other clandestines seem to want to do. Despite her attempts to flee with her family, that fateful night at the train station, Aisha is fatally stabbed by Najma with a Maduvu, a weapon used in the Tamil martial art of Silamba. This is the same weapon that she stabbed the bangle with in the previous episode, which in turn triggered the events that sent Kamala back in time. 
As she lies dying, Aisha pulls out the photograph of her, Hassan, and Sana and uses that as a focus for her power. Aisha says what you seek is seeking you and channels her abilities to activate the bangle. What she seeks is someone to help save her family. And what Kamala seeks in the present is Aisha and clues about her past. Hence, we get Kamala traveling back in time for a good old-fashioned predestination paradox. Interestingly enough, causal loops like these have been referred to as jinn before by physicists Andrei Losev and Igor Novikov in their 1992 paper The Jinn of the Time Machine. They chose that terminology because, like the mythical beings, they make a concrete impact but then vanish without a trace. And for a much more accessible explanation of Losef and Novikov's paper, check out David Toomey's 2012 book, The New Time Travelers. Now, as many predicted, Kamala does wind up being the person to help the lost young Sana find her father on that fateful night. The trail of stars that her grandmother claimed to have followed that night was the result of one of Kamala's hard light platforms shattering and slowly dissipating. And after realizing what she'd done, Kamala's bangle glows and then sends her back to the present. We then see Kamala, Kareem, and the clandestines lying sprawled out on the ground in front of a giant energy rift. This is the veil, the barrier between the Nord dimension and our world. Unfortunately for the clandestine, this is not an ET phone home scenario. As Faria discovers when she gets a bit too close to the veil, it envelops her in a sort of purple crystalline energy, forming a sarcophagus before rending the flesh from her body. Now, perhaps it's because they needed both bangles to properly reopen the rift, or maybe something has corrupted the Nord dimension, it's honestly unclear. What this process does look a lot like, though, is terrogenesis, the process by which those exposed to the terrogen mists would become enveloped in a cocoon-like carapace while the terrogen mists activated their inhuman abilities. That's exactly what happened to Kamala in the comics and how she got her powers. It's also very visually similar to how this process played out on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but whether that show's actually canon or not anymore, who knows? Now, of course, with that said, I think this is just a visual similarity rather than confirmation that Kamala is in fact an inhuman like in the comics. They've taken great pains to avoid that sort of terminology thus far, and the only known inhuman in the MCU was then immediately executed in the most gruesome fashion possible in his most recent on-screen outing. <laughs> Now, much more fascinating is how when Najma whispers Kamran's name into the veil then sacrifices herself to close it, Kamran is immediately imbued with powerful abilities half a world away. We see this energy sweeping across the globe and radically transforming her son, maybe activating his latent abilities like the bangle did with Kamala. Kamran's powers here appear to be straight out of the comics. In the comics, Kamran first appears in 2015's Ms. Marvel number 13 and develops inhuman abilities just like Kamala. Kamran has the power of bioluminescence, and he's also able to unleash powerful charges of biokinetic energy like Bruno sees firsthand later in the episode, but more on that in just a moment. First, Kamala winds up getting two more important tokens of her character, a red scarf from Kareem, a symbol of the red daggers, and Muniba picks up a broken piece of Kamala's necklace. Originally shaped like the word Kamala in Arabic, it now resembles a lightning bolt that is straight out of her comic book costume. In the comics, Kamala's Lightning Bolt logo was an homage to the one that Carol Danvers wore as Captain Marvel. But here, along with Kareem's scarf and Bruno's mask, this necklace will help inspire the finishing touches on Kamala's costume for hopefully a full suit reveal next week. Because after a full season of trying to emulate her heroes and model her identity after them, she now has the tools to craft a superhero persona inspired by her own life, her history, and her friendships. 
Also, I've got to say that Muniba and Sana both handled the impossible pretty well. I mean, Sana probably used to it, but Muniba seems immediately okay that her daughter is a superhero with magic powers. Anyway, Sana's too busy being over the moon to finally have a photo of her mother at long last. The action then shifts back to Jersey City where Kamran seeks out Brian, <clears throat> I mean Bruno, for help. Oh my God, I genuinely thought your name was Brian this whole time. Oh, no, I had no noticed the first four times that... Despite repeatedly putting his foot in his mouth, Kamran convinces Bruno to help him out. Unfortunately for them, Damage Control also apparently tracked Kamran to the Circle Q with one of those Stark Industries drones. Just as the drone's apparently about to fire a missile into a child's apartment, Kamran uses his powers to blast the drone off course, causing its missile to obliterate the Circle Q downstairs instead. So it seems like Damage Control might need to rethink their name based on the trail of destruction they're leaving in their wake. Maybe though they can make up for it by giving Muniba one of those daughter tracking microchips that she just found out about. Then why am I only just hearing about this? But that's a score that Kamala will have to settle with the help of her friends next week in the Ms. Marvel season finale. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That is everything we spotted in Ms. Marvel Episode 5. And yes, it was a bit lighter on Easter eggs and hidden details, but it was full of emotion and heartfelt storytelling about a deeply painful time in history. We still have so many questions as we head into the season finale about where this show will go from here, and we'll continue to explore those over on Nerdist in the days ahead. For now, though, tell us, what did you think of Ms. Marvel Episode 5? Did you spot anything that we missed? Magnum is a dog. Kamala is a girl. Okay. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nervous.com.